0: said, don't use media to impress people, use it to impact people. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry and this is your host Ukti Vora. Before we dive into the episode, please remember to check out all the other episodes on your favorite platform at Nerdy Optometrist and remember to leave us a review if you enjoyed this or any other episodes. With that, let's get started. Talking about media and impressing people, I have a guest for today who has not just impressed the Iker industry, but also created an amazing impact in everyone's life. Matt Young definitely needs no introduction. We have all known him probably with some other name, which we're going to get into shortly. But just uh, to do a formal introduction, I have Mr. Matt Young, founder and CEO of MediaMice, He has spent nearly 20 years in the eye care industry, living uh, in Asia-Pacific for 17 years, working up to build media marketing and a conference business along the way. Media Mice was started in 2009 in Singapore and now has a branch office in Da Nang, Vietnam. Today, it has a database of 70,000 ophthalmologists worldwide and more than 12,000 optometrists and opticians. He has built iCare's Freshest Media and marketing agency and they actually are everywhere from APAC to EMEA to North America to Latin they basically are one stop media shop for from east to west Media mice goes over 30 plus shows trust me i get exhausted going in 3 i don't know how this his team manages it but he does more than 30 shows worldwide for media coverage, and to host all the promotional activities to bring in the best content. They are a modern multimedia company that create content in all the formats. You can see why I'm so nervous creating this content because I'm sitting in front of an expert, but they are a perfect intersection of eyeballs and words. Media Mice has several media partnerships across the world with most prestigious societies like ESCRS, WOC, APOA, and many more. They have a unique brand that is known to explore all aspects of eye care. And as you can see in his background, Media Mice encompasses of Pie Magazine, Cake Magazine, Cookie Magazine, Mice TV, Mice Live, And Cake and Pie Expo, I'm already exhausted talking about the list of all the aspects (laughs) that they cover. So it's been a huge pleasure and honor to welcome a very interesting and a fun nerd into the nerdy family. A warm welcome, Matt, and it's a pleasure to have you on this episode.
1: Ukti, that was a wonderful introduction. Uh, Would you like to be a correspondent here? I don't think uh, we could have done better with our own in-house correspondence for that kind of introduction. That was amazing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And trust me, while I was preparing for this, I was very nervous looking at all the content that you already have out there. But before we get into this content creation and this massive media house that you've built, I want to go from the beginning. How did you enter or start your journey in iCare and I Care Media? Tell us a little more about your journey and your story there.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ukti. Um, to be honest, it's a bit shocking how I entered because I was actually covering homicides in Washington, D.C. a little more than 20 years ago, and it was such an exhausting beat. You know, I was the youngest reporter on the sniper story of 2002, and so I was having to um, do about four stories a day at the time uh, late into the night and driving all over the place and, uh, you know, not, not such a safe beat either, and so... I actually saw a, an advertisement come across my desk for a magazine writer at the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, and I thought, oh, magazine writing, I can do that. That sounds like uh, lighter deadlines and um, perhaps more noble work. And so I applied for the job and uh, got the job and made it into eye care, which uh, was a strange but enjoyable beginning compared to what I was doing.
0: It's all destined, you know, that's how we have these sayings at times that you were uh, supposed to be like, you know, bumped into these articles or openings or this profession. And I have had this established over the last couple of years doing the podcasting, that once you are in the eye care industry, there's no turning back. You are here forever. And we can see that as well in your case. You started just writing an article and here you have a massive media house covering everything in eye care. So tell us a little more about like from being, say, you know, writing an article to this professional journey that you have embarked, what led to starting this media house and having all these things that you, that you have, that you're doing today?
1: Well, you know, life can be such a random walk sometimes. And, uh, I remember for the first few years that I was in eye care, um, I thought it would be a springboard to a glamorous magazine job in New York city or San Francisco, and uh, while I had interviewed at some places, it didn't quite turn out that way. Um, and I was just feeling a little bit uh, like my view of editorial was getting a bit myopic and I needed to break out, so to speak. So um, I let my associates know at ASCRS and they suggested that I take a trip to China uh, to cover an I show in 2005. So I did and I absolutely fell in love with the witnessing of history in China at that moment in time. You know, this was kind of a golden era of um, Asia rising. And so to be able to witness that at that moment was incredible. So I ended up freelancing some articles from there and then got a job at a communist news magazine in Beijing. Um, So about a year later, I left off of ASCRS, but kept my hand as an international correspondent for Uh, ASCRS. And so um, still was kind of in the eye care space. And then I started another business related to overcoming cultural barriers to doing business in China, um, which, as you can imagine, didn't turn out so well. (laughs) So that was one uh, media escapade, which, uh, you know, it it received some accolades from the Wall Street Journal and CNET but I could never find a way to legally incorporate the business. I was always operating in the shadows, uh, definitely not able to wear color outfits like this uh, at that time. So um, I decided to actually leave off of that and move down to the Singapore area where I started up Media Mice in 2009, uh, really dedicated to communicating about my heritage, uh, ophthalmology, and eye care. And so I've been doing that ever since.
0: I think that's wonderful. I'm sure that I'm. I'm so happy that you still kept that. You know, one aspect involved in eye cares. and that's that kind of uh made you feel that's going to be your space. And I'm glad you moved to Singapore. And we have, Media Eyes today. But talking about how the first time I uh read that name, I was. I was like what is this but when I spoke to you before this interview uh, you did tell me a story behind the name and how all these names that you have uh, came up and that's very interesting and unique and I have to say like while I was studying optometry or most of uh, the trend I would say a couple of years ago was like very serious healthcare eye care but just the yeah. term medium mice or cookie magazine you know or pie magazine just brings in a little fun Impact to it along with the content that uh, you know adds value. So tell us a little more about how did the name come together and what's 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 the story behind it?
1: Well, you know, Bill Nye the Science Guy always brought fun in science to kids, and (laughs) I just had a feeling that fun in science was for adults too. Um, So you know, the names came about. I think I was at an AAO one year, and usually around conference time. Toward the tail end, I suddenly have almost like dreams of inspiration. Uh, You know, a lot of conference time can be business oriented, but then something often creative happens because with all those conversations and the juices flowing, I find that final day or two just truly when the breakthroughs come. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had this thought about a name for a magazine, Pie Magazine. I think I was hungry for dessert or something that day. (laughs) And um, I was playing with the acronyms, uh, posterior segment, innovation, and entertainment. But actually, uh, we had a client that was very interested in supporting Pi Magazine, except he said that uh, the pharma industry probably couldn't support something called entertainment. So we changed that to enlightenment. Um, Lo and behold, that was actually a good choice because there are many enlightening stories within our field. Um, And then it worked out because our sister publication, when that launched, in 2019 cake magazine that stands for cataract anterior segment kudos and enlightenment uh well then you got the e again with enlightenment and then cookie uh that's our optometric title that was launched in 2020 amid the amidst the pandemic that stands for cool optometry optics kudos innovation enlightenment magazine so there's something always that should be enlightening about what we do
0: Absolutely. And trust me, like all the name definitely is a favorite for all the dessert lovers. And I like how you have all the options open from pie to cookie to cake. Like, you know, it will fit in for whatever choice of preferences you have. So I love this name. And when you actually share, I'm like, this makes sense.
1: <laughs> well, we thought at one point uh, we were going strong in India and maybe we should have a Gulab Jaman magazine. But uh, the acronym is just too long
0: yeah and i'm sure it won't be as universal as cake and pie so i'm glad we have cookie pie cake definitely but another sure. thing which is which has also inspired and i have to say this out loud in this episode to dress up or wear a more colorful outfit is something that you always are known in the industry as the funky outfit guy and trust me like uh that's one thing that like helps you uh, you know stand apart and of course the names also reflect your personality in some way where you like to have fun. What is the story behind creating these amazing, visually sensational blazers or the outfits that you come up uh, wearing in the conference? What's the story there?
1: Well, you've got all the good questions to get these stories out of me today, Ukti. (laughs) uh, I'm loving it. Um, You know, back in 2014, we had a content marketing project uh, with Bayer and Google. Uh, And the point was, we were communicating about the future of clinical vision using Google Glass and an interaction with exhibitions in uh, Zurich and London. Well, you know, because of that, I realized that when I was wearing four sets of Google Glass around the world that, uh, you know, maybe my style needed to change. And we were actually operating also uh, in the Malaysian furniture industry, of all things, Um, And so there were some designers there that also were kind of starting to advise me on style points. Well, I kind of, uh, let's say, took that to the extreme because uh, in the beginning, I just started experimenting with, I don't know, kind of just let's just call it more radical styles, stuff that didn't look like a suit. Uh, I then got into costumes, which was really some of the most memorable outfits I've worn from uh, a Mozart suit at uh, ESCRS several years ago uh, to Pi person hero of the posterior segment um, to race car driver outfits. And remember, these are all not just at booths, but throughout the conference location. So you can imagine if I'm attending sort of uh, close to black tie events with this on, uh, maybe I wasn't always uh, the most welcome person in the room. But as a smaller company at that point you know it really helped for inbound marketing purposes i didn't really need to have uh a large amount of buyers i just needed to have like the fervent base so to speak Ooh. um but after acquiring that you know it became necessary because our industry still for the most part you know it innovates in terms of medical devices and pharma but not always so much in the communication space so some people needed to take it a little slower um i started to modify that approach, I guess, starting in 2017 around, uh, the ESCRS in Lisbon, where I happened to come across some fruit patterns in Hoi An, Vietnam, which is just 20 minutes down the street from where I live. And they were being made with like, um, you know, little collared shirts and shorts at the time. And I thought, well, maybe that could be like patterns on a suit. So I did like full suits, you know, banana suit, uh, strawberry watermelon. Um, that was great. Played really hard. But you know what worked even more over time was when I dropped, you know, the the funky pants, just wore regular pants and uh, had the funky jacket and these wonderful patterns that came out of Hoi An and their boutique tailors. Uh, so now I also make a little bit of a funky jacket line and am really enjoying life. And meanwhile, um, the company is rising to new heights.
0: That's fantastic. And I have to say this, the experiment I'm sure you went through your own journey of deciding what works what doesn't work but your experiment surely inspired many of us to dress up and make the serious conference in the sense you know we're all there to kind of learn and educate add that smile yeah that looks cool you know maybe it's not that Uh, black tie or you know that uh, black suit kind of an event you can add more colors to it anyways I like how you had also shared like you know you create aware visually sensational blazers being in eye care who would not like colors right why are we always in like blacks and grays and blues
1: oh so true and you know it it has been a journey and you know recently uh, I had the the great opportunity to attend the DOC which is a congress in Germany I believe it was this past July. And, you know, I was told ahead of time, even some years back, oh, you know, German Congresses are so boring, snooze. Well, when I got on the show floor, it was was nothing like that. It was very dynamic, lots of great colors out there. So the Europeans have really embraced the style, which is, of course, we're really looking forward to that as being the uh, ESCRS official digital media partner to kind of, you know, help support all that color. But uh, it's definitely a changing world now. I'm 43 years old. So, you know, probably uh, close to half the people in our industry are younger than I am now. So, uh, you know, times are changing.
0: But I can definitely say you are inspiring the young and the olds to kind of embrace the style and like bring in the colors and the white to these events. So I really love that. And talking about, you know, being a global media house, as you said, like, you know, today you are in Zurich, tomorrow you are in Singapore, then in US. You go around the world, but tell me what's the best part of being a global media house in the eye care industry?
1: Well, the best fun part personally is you know, living in Da Nang, Vietnam on the beach, and then we call it gate crashing. So basically what that means is, you know, we kind of go through a wormhole, a portal. We crash through some gate out there in the world, spend a week, say, uh, just enjoying that, meeting our friends, conferencing it up, but also enjoying some things on the sideline and then coming back through the gate, back to our home in Vietnam. And to live a life like that, It's just, it's, it's, I guess it wasn't exactly designed. I didn't think about doing this as a child, but along the way, taking small steps, it certainly ended up in a very intelligent design, so to speak. Um, And it's, it's a life certainly worth living.
0: That's wonderful. I loved how you come up with like really fun names. I have to have some special sessions with you to kind of, you know, come up with some creative ideas and names of gatecrashers because, you know, this is very true that, you know, you can do everything at home, but then you go out in the world, learn and come back and then embrace the new information and the changes and the content that you've brought in. But as fun or beautiful as it sounds, I'm sure you have, had your roadblocks or your challenges. So in this episode, we don't always talk about the fun part, but we also would like to know what were your roadblocks, what were your challenges, uh, being such a massive you know, global media company.
1: Yeah, there were many. Um, I think one of the, the great challenges of my ophthalmic lifetime, so to speak, is that you know, I really started with substance to begin with. The first article that I ever wrote was an award-winning story for the American Society of Business Publication editors on the impact of a bad number of uh, blades on diffuse lamellar keratitis and an outbreak of that. And, you know, it was a, a story that I was quite proud of at the time. And I think the substance actually came very easy to me early on. For whatever reason, I just adapted very easily to that. And because I had the substance down so easy, I thought that by pushing stylistically, that people would understand, you know, what I was doing. But I think because I wasn't a known entity when I was a substantive person, you know, I was a guy wearing suits and ties and you know just another writer. Um, when I tried to push out stylistically. The connection wasn't always made that there was underlying substance. So I think it took years of uh, people understanding who I was beneath the, Mm -hmm. let's say the superficialities, which it's not superficial, but, you know, the design aspect um, to the depth that resides within and bringing those two sides together is happening right now and it's and it's it's been happening for a while but i think being able to bring those two together has really boosted everything and so that has been a critical challenge uh this whole time
0: and you know uh, one other thing that i wanted to kind of have a follow up question on this is with so much content out there right like everybody's creating content in some way how do you stay relevant or what is your mantra that you you know follow to make this content more relevant and more uh, valuable to your viewers do you have any tips tricks any advice there
1: well you know one of the closest to people to me my brother says that i have a wild mind <laughs> and so uh i think that you know um by harvesting that that's not such a challenge because i'm 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 quite creative and so it's it's not so difficult to come up with possibilities. I think the challenge is leveraging that in a clever way that really adds benefit to our industry. And so um, I, I would say that it's it's been very different at different points of time within the company. But that which we are working on right now, which I think is going to be very incredible, is knowing That the kernel of truth of amazing stories are out there within our field, applying new media to that with a global force and being omnipresent in doing that at showtime. So I think it's combining different um, opportunities that we have that make a whole amazing pie.
0: I love that, how you were saying, how you were sharing, you know, it is like a wholesome experience and not just picking and choosing one thing at a time. And I like the fact that, you know, when you say like you go all in, you don't like uh have some barriers or hold yourself back. If you decide you go all in to give like a wholesome experience to all your viewers or listeners uh or anyone, you know, consuming your content. But as you had rightly said, right, like, you know, there is more to you from being the media guy right there is matt young and that actually brings me to the next game segment that i have which is rapid fire a simple i'll ask you a question you have to respond as soon as possible just just one simple rule and i think this is a perfect time to start so let me know once you're ready
1: i'm ready perfect
0: uh being a traveler tell us which is your favorite destination
1: Granada, Spain, that's where I studied as a university student, and it's still home.
0: Perfect. Tell us a hobby or something that you do during your downtime. I don't know when you get some time, but whenever.
1: (laughs) I like whitewater kayaking because it brings a, a sense of adventure and a little bit wild spirit to what I do in my private life, and that mirrors what I do in my public life.
0: That's wonderful. A fun fact that people don't know about you.
1: Hmm. Um, I sweat a lot when I'm kickboxing because it's kind of like hot kickboxing yoga environment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I leave sweat angels on the floor. True.
0: <laughs> All right. Your favorite cuisine.
1: Lobster bisque which uh, uh, I first enjoyed as a boy in Avalon, New Jersey.
0: All right. right, I'm. Uh, it's impressive you remember like where. It's definitely one of your favorite dishes for sure. <laughs> uh, if you could interview someone dead or alive, I know you already do interview, but say someone who you haven't done yet, who would that be? And what would you ask?
1: I think I would interview Mahatma Gandhi. hmm About his ability to endure in prison for 27 years and still have hope.
0: Wonderful. And if we were to write an autobiography about your journey, what would you like it to have the title? What would you like the title to be?
1: Banana Man.
0: But, no, man, Okay, uh, perfect. And one thing that you like or dislike about the media?
1: Well, I think the general media can get quite negative. Mm-hmm. But I think industry media can be quite positive because we're all trying to make a difference for our world.
0: Wonderful! I think you did amazing in the rapid fire round, and we definitely know a little more about your favorite destination, your food, and you know what we would like to title your autobiography. For anyone who's listening, you have the title. You know this is your man to write uh, the book and the journey about. Uh, Thank you once again, Matt, for sharing your journey and telling us and inspiring us by all your hard work. Before you, before I let you go, uh, can you please share one final takeaway message for all my listeners?
1: Yes, well, you know, no matter what we put on in our field, we're all carrying some amount of illusion, and I think it's important to try to break through the illusions, whatever they may be, understand the essence, and carry forward to the other side to be of great benefit to our society and our world
0: wonderful thank you once again and for all my listeners i'll be dropping the links of uh, you know how you could connect to matt and also links about his uh, work and the content along with media mice so do check out their work it's definitely very inspiring a lot of fun as you can see i had a great time talking to him and his content also has a lot of enlightenment and a lot of fun thank you once again it's been a pleasure talking to you
1: here's ukti (laughs)
0: no, <laughs>